Well, this morning, I am going to talk to you about God's voice. God's voice. And let me start off by asking you a question. Answer this question to yourself. Don't, don't shout out. Just answer it to yourself. On a scale of 1 to 10, how important is God's voice to your life? Just think about that. Or maybe the same question in a different way. On a scale of 1 to 10, how usable is God's voice to your life? Those are a couple great questions, aren't they? They make you think. On a scale of 1 to 10, how important is God's voice? And you come to church, and probably in most church services you've ever been to, at some point, maybe the pastor's talking about God's voice, or somebody has told you that God has spoken to them, or God has told them this, that, or the other thing. But how important is that to your life? Can I use God's voice in my day-to-day life? Does it actually help me in whatever I'm doing, big or small? Is it actually usable? And what does God's voice mean anyway? Is it actually important? And I know I've lost some of you already because you're thinking to myself, okay, here it comes. They're talking about God's voice again. And quite frankly, I have no idea what this dude is even talking about. And even a better question might be, do I pay attention to God's voice when he's speaking to me? Do I react when he says something to me? Does it have an effect on me or is it just like anybody else's voice in my life? And there's various stories in the Bible that says the people trembled at God's voice. They trembled at God's word. And Isaiah, if you have your Bibles here with you today, you can turn it to Isaiah 66. And I know having your Bible is actually an old school thing. Most people pull out their phones. But chapter 66 of Isaiah, verse 2, for all those things my hand has made and all those things exist, says the Lord. But on this one I will look. On him who is poor, other translations say humble. On him who is humble and of a contrite spirit and who trembles at my word. Do you tremble when God speaks to you? When God speaks something to you, does it have an effect on your life? Do you do something about it? And I'm here to tell you that God speaks today. And I know there's people in the sound of my voice right now that are even questioning if he speaks. He speaks. God knows a lot about what's going on in the world. 
why things are happening in the world and what's going to happen in the world. And that's important stuff. But that part of it on a grandiose scheme is not what I'm talking about today. It's not what I'm talking about today. What I'm talking about today is that God's voice is important in your life. Your life. And I'll give you an example to hopefully help you be able to hear God's voice is like in my life. In my life, this is how God usually speaks to me. If I'm in a lit up room like this, usually I'll hear a big roaring thunder. The lights will go down. And then it'll just be like one big spotlight that's just coming over me. And then I hear this big announcement that says, Mike, I am speaking to you. You laugh, but that's what happens. That doesn't happen. That's never happened. That's never happened. Now, people do hear the audible voice of God. Now, in my life, God speaks to me all the time. Am I listening is a better question. But do you want to know how many times I have heard the audible voice of God? The audible voice of God. I have heard a total of, let's see, zero times. Zero times. Now, I'm not saying that that doesn't happen to people. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying so far in my 49 years, that's never happened. That's never happened. And hopefully some of you are encouraged to say, well, good, that doesn't happen to me either. But that does not mean that God speaks to me, that he doesn't speak to me. He speaks to me all the time. There's another definition of, of speaking and, and it's, it's basically the expression of something. So if God speaking to you is a little too spiritual for you, you can also use the term God is expressing things to you all the time. It could be from the word. It could be from a song. It could be from a person. Usually, it's a, for me, it's a, it's a thought or an idea or something I just know in my spirit that I would have known no other way. This is how God speaks to us. And what I hope to prove to you this morning is that God speaking to us isn't this uber, super spiritual thing that, that comes in like a bolt of lightning or a crash of thunder or this voice over a megaphone. But he's actually speaking to us all the time. And the important thing is, is he's speaking to you. He's speaking to you all the time. And that's what has to be important for your life. Now, outside of the next 20 minutes or 25 minutes where I guess you care about what God is speaking to me so that I can speak it to you, other than that, you should care less what God's speaking to me. It has no effect on your life whatsoever. 
What you should chase after with passion is the ways that God is speaking to you and what he's speaking to you. And if you want to know the truth, usually the way I listen to God is usually about the same way sometimes I unfortunately listen to my wife. And husbands, you'll know this, right? Right? Your wife's talking to you, and you're like, yeah, 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 while you're watching the game, or yeah, 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 yeah. And then after about two minutes of that, you're kind of like, wait, 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 what would you say? And sometimes that's the way we listen to God, right? He's trying to say something to us. We're like, wait, wait, what? What'd you say? I, I couldn't hear you because I didn't really like the first song that Pastor Guy and the team played. Or didn't, I didn't really like what the pastor was wearing. Or I didn't really like whatever. So I didn't really hear it. But there's stories throughout the Bible that when God spoke, people trembled. It was important. It was the most game-changing event of their life, so to speak. In, Re- in the book of Revelation, it says that John fell to his feet. Paul on the road to Damascus, he fell to the ground when he had the encounter there. Peter fell to his knees in the book of Luke when he realized it was Jesus that I am a sinner. He fell at Jesus' feet. There was a physical effect when Jesus spoke to them. Do we have a sense of awe that the King of kings, Lord of lords, creator of the universe is speaking to us? Do we, do we have this personal relationship with him where we have an expectation That he's speaking to us. That we have an expectation that he's trying to express things to us. I'll tell you, one of the the main reasons, at least for me it is, God might have other reasons, but one of the main reasons why I love to preach on a Sunday morning, one of the main reasons is because I have to place a demand, a demand on God's voice to know what to say. Other than that, I've got nothing. I I have no great advice for you whatsoever. We went out to dinner on Friday night with a couple, and the guy had asked me, uh, guy had asked me about uh, when I was speaking next, and I told him, and he's like, he's like, so do you just like, uh, like, do you just like get up there and like talk about whatever you want to talk about? And I'm thinking to myself, that's actually a great question. But no, I don't, I don't really have any, anything to offer anybody except the truths in this book. And do I read this book with a holy expectation? Do you enter worship with a holy expectation? Do you enter your prayer time with a holy expectation? You know what the most powerful words to say in, to tell Jesus in your prayer time? Absolutely nothing. Just sit there. Just sit there and let him speak to you. 
But you have to have a holy expectation that he is speaking to you. I, work, I try to work on this all the time. Has anyone heard of Jensen Franklin? So last, well, this is, so about three weeks ago, Christy, my wife, said, you know what I want to do? I said, I want to, because she loves Jensen Franklin. He's, a, he, he's great, and he's written some books on fasting, and he talks about fasting a lot. And my wife is one of the, I mean, she is one of the greatest fasters in the history of Christians, I think. I mean, she, that is something that just, she is, I should let her explain it at some point, but she's just a great faster. I, I'm actually not. I'm more of an eater than a faster, but, <laughs> but, but she's a great faster. Guys, she's like, just on, I think it was Saturday, she was baking cookies. And I'm like, hey, can we have these cookies now? You want to have some cookies? And she's like, no, I'm fasting. I'm thinking to myself, she's baking cookies because she's, I don't know, that's a pretty good wife right there. But anyway... So she says, I want to go down to Georgia and listen and go to a Jensen Franklin service. I said, okay, that's great. Literally like the next day or two days later, she says, you know what? I just found out that Jensen Franklin was going to be at um, where? Yeah, Twin Rivers over in St. Louis. So we're going to go. Yes, that's what I said. Patty, I said, oh, wow. Oh, wow. But wait, it gets better. It gets better. So this was like two Wednesdays ago. We go there, and I mean, it was packed out. It was packed out. The worship was great. I was having a great time. God was speaking to me. The pastor comes up with, to do the transition, and he does the transition, and it's great. And then he says, he says, I got good news and bad news. And right about that time, I'm doing this because I'm, I'm looking for my keys. Because, like, I've been in the world long enough that I know what good news and bad news means. It means I got bad news and I got worse news. <laughs> so then he basically says, Jensen's plane broke down or something, so he couldn't come. Right? So let me tell you, my expectation for that night went, whoop! And Christy... She knows me pretty well. About as soon as he says good news, bad news, and the guy's not coming, but then he turns it around to talk about that we're all here and we should all still come expecting and God's still going to speak to us. And I'm kind of like, whatever, buddy. (laughs) Sorry. And my wife, she knows me real well. As soon as he's doing this, she turns to me and says, you ready to go? (laughs) And here's (laughs) here's what I said. I said, because I'm being real holy at this time, right? I can't, just, I can't just walk out now. I literally say to her, I'll give this dude five minutes. <laughs> Ten. Okay. Thanks. I was being really spiritual. Now, Jensen Franklin didn't come, but God still spoke. Not just to me, which he did, not just to me, but to the hundreds of people that were there. My point is, but that was just kind of a funny story. No, my point is that God can speak no matter what. And not only can God speak, God is speaking right now. And he's always speaking right now wherever you are. But the key is, in my opinion, are we expecting him to speak? Or do we only expect him to speak when things are going good? 
or when Pastor Matt <clears throat> shares our favorite scripture, or when Pastor Guy sings your favorite song, is God relegated to only those times? But we need to place a demand on God's voice. And you've probably heard other people that aren't Christians say, well, uh, that kind of sounds good, but you're just kind of like using Christianity as a crutch. Anybody ever heard that? You're using Christianity as a crutch. You know what I say to those people? You're absolutely right. You're 100%. I am using Christianity and God's voice as a crutch, as a hospital bed, as a stretcher, as a wheelchair. I will use it because it's the only thing I have to use. It's the only thing I have to use. So the title of my message this morning is Why God's Voice is Important to You. And the last two words of that title are the most important, to you. My first point, number one, God's voice is important to you because He created you. He created you, which means He knows you inside and out. Psalms 139, verse 13. For you formed me, I'm sorry, for you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret. You were made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they all were written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. So why is God's voice important? Because he created you. To provide further context, what does that mean? That means, amongst other things, but that means that the situation that you find yourself in right now, that issue that you're dealing with right now, that decision that you've been grappling with right now, he has uniquely not only prepared you for, but he has uniquely shaped you and molded you and wired you to deal with it. He knows you better than anybody else does. The thing that you don't like about yourself He knows. The things that you do like about yourself, he knows. He knows when to speak to you. He knows how to speak to you. He knows where to speak to you. He knows your thoughts, your hopes, your dreams, your fears, your limitations. That secret, that secret you have 
that nobody else knows about? He knows. He knows. The thing that you fear the greatest, he knows. The thing that you have the most passion for, that maybe you've never told anybody because you're scared to walk in it, he knows. Well, how does he know? He created you. Yeah, but how does he know? Because he's been with you every second of every day of every moment you've ever been in. Every breath that you've ever breathed, he was there. And he's speaking to you. Hey, Jesus said, cast out demons. He's delivered people from bondage. He's healed the sick. He's moved mountains. I could go on and on. Don't you think he can and will speak to you? He is a speaking God. So the question of, is God's voice important in your life? Well, it, it better be because it's actually the only one that you have. It's the only one that you have. Number two, it's the best way for you to experience him. It is the best way for you to experience him. There's lots of ways to experience him. But in my opinion, the best way is to hear directly from him because it's faster. It's faster. If he tells me to do something, if he tells you to do something, you don't have to get a lot of other opinions. Now, don't get me wrong. In sometimes life, it is good to talk to people about it, but their opinion can never trump God's opinion. Opinion. The greatest things in my life that have ever happened, that have ever happened, hands down. Matter of fact, probably the only great things that have ever happened are a direct response to me responding to God's voice. A direct response of me responding to God's voice. It is the most important relationship we will ever have. We will ever have. And I know, again, if you come to church a lot, you, you, there might be somebody that will be tired of, well, I'm tired of talking about this relationship with God. But it's the most important thing you'll ever have. And the relationship with God is very similar in this way to your relationship with people. How does your relationship with God get broken down? Lack of communication. Lack of communication. If you look at your marriage, right? Well, what's one of the biggest reasons why marriages fall apart or break down or have issues? Lack of communication. And one of the reasons why that's such a big deal is because when there's a lack of communication, there's a void there. There's a void there. And something will always fill that void. 
And usually what fills that void is negativity in some way. It could be anxiety or stress. But if you're not communicating with a person, or if you're in this case you're not communicating with Jesus, usually what usually the void, what fills that void is negativity. I'll give you a real life example that some most people can relate to in some way or another at some point in the life or the other. Let's just say you were texting your girlfriend as a guy. So you're texting your girlfriend. You text your girlfriend and she does not respond. Guess what you're thinking? right? I don't know exactly what you're thinking, but it's negativity, right? It's been three seconds since I texted her. Texted her. She must not like me anymore. Now it's been a minute. I don't know what she's doing. She must not like me anymore. It may just be because she's busy. Well, God's never busy. And if he is busy, he's busy speaking to you and speaking to all of us individually. This is the most important relationship of our life. John 10, 27 says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Acts chapter 9, two of the greatest questions of your life to God is who are you and what do you want me to do? Who are you and what we want to do? Acts chapter 9, verse 5. And he said, who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. It's hard for you to kick against the goads. So he trembling, again, that word trembling, and astonished said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, Arise and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. Arise and go. Here's what I take out of the scripture. That him speaking to Paul in this passage is very similar to when he speaks to us, when he says, arise and go. And what I mean by that, when God is speaking to us, most times it's always going to demand a response on our end. So no matter what it looks like in your life or the direction for your life, it's going to contain some sense of arise and go, or stand up and do something, or take a next step. But it's always going to be, always going to cause a response on our end. There always has to be a reaction. And I'll give you an example I was just driving in my car one day last week, and I don't even actually remember what I was thinking about or trying to figure out something with my day. And then I just, I heard the voice of God. Again, I didn't hear it audibly, but I had just this sense. He was like, when you get there, just listen to my voice. When you get there, just listen to my voice. And these are things that God is speaking all the time in big things and in little things. 
And that's the mistake sometimes we make as Christians. We only go to God with these just big, huge things in our life, right? Should, should I marry this person? Should I take this job? Should I move? The, should I sell my house? Should I move to this city? Should I move to that city? Those are all big things. But, and sometimes we do a pretty good job of going to God for that. But sometimes we don't. I don't know who we is. I'm talking to myself. But sometimes I don't demand God's voice for some of the small things. God, what would you like me to share in the 10 o'clock meeting? Lord, what do you want me to speak when I have lunch with this guy at noon? Some of these real small and what we determine as insignificant things, God wants to impart things to us. God wants to speak to us. Never let these what we would call insignificant, just life mundane moments on the middle of, a, middle of the week when you're just trying to get through. We always have to have expectation, expectation that God is speaking to us. If you want growth in your life, it's going to come from God's voice. If you want breakthrough in your life, it's going to come from God's voice. If you want wisdom direction. You fill in the blank. It's going to come from God's voice. And again, when I say God's voice, he's going to express something to you in some way. I'll give you another example that happened to me like three weeks ago. I was thinking, I was, I don't even know why I was thinking about this, but you know, I've had mentors throughout my life. Some come, some go, depending on what season of your life. And right now, I'm just in, a, I'm just in a, a, a place of my life where I don't necessarily have a specific mentor. And I was just talking to God about that one day, and I just wasn't, it was just kind of like, I was talking. It wasn't like a huge deal. It was just kind of a random thought. Why don't we really have a mentor, mentor right now? Within like the next seven days, God had showed me Three guys. Three guys. Just one when I was cutting the grass, one when I was driving my car, and one when I was reading my Bible. Wasn't thinking about it at all. Was thinking about something else, praying about something else. But he showed me three guys that could be mentors in my life. And I was thinking about this the other day, too. This is not my message. Sorry, I'm going to take a little sidetrack, but here are three types of people I think are really important to have in your life, really important to have in your life. A pastor or someone of spiritual authority, a pastor, a mentor, and a friend. If we could live our lives with those three people, a pastor, a mentor, and a friend, we'd be on the right track. We'd be on the right track. Number three, why is God's voice important? Number three, this is the way that your life will be transformed. 
This is the way. It's the way that your life will be transformed. God's voice in your life is not a transactional activity. It's not you do this, then you get this. You do this, then you go this. Like I, if I go through a drive through at McDonald's and I order a Big Mac, I get a Big Mac. God's voice is transformational. It will transform your entire life. Imagine this for a second. Can you imagine if you actually acted on everything that God told you to do? That would be pretty spectacular. Can you imagine if you acted on every thought that God gave you, every idea that God gave you, every intuition that God gave you? And sometimes I hear people say, well, that, that Christian life, it's so boring. My goodness, I don't know what book you're reading, but it ain't the same book I'm reading. Because <laughs> I've had about enough excitement for a little bit. <laughs> but God's voice is always directing you. And Christians, as Christians, we operate differently. So if you're there thinking and you're kind of new here to church or to church in general, you think, this is kind of weird operating on God's voice. I'm being the first one to admit, Christians operate differently from the world. Why is that? It's real easy because this book operates differently from the world. And I'll give you an example. Like, and this isn't necessarily a bad thing, but you hear all kinds of people that, boy, boy, that guy's a visionary. That guy's a dreamer. That guy, that guy, man, he's got a great strategy. All those things are great. But apart from hearing God's voice, it's a waste of time. And I'll prove to you, how many times do you know somebody and you're like, man, that guy's a dreamer. That guy is filled with vision. That guy is a strategist. That guy has unbelievable ideas. I've actually never seen any of them happen right now. But he's filled with vision. But I've never seen any of the vision come to pass. I know lots of these guys. And some of these guys I know too, I will, I've literally said this statement, I'll say, whoever you are, what you're saying is unbelievable. So unbelievable that actually if you could do, I actually say this to him, if you could do 10% of what you're telling me you're going to do, it'd be game changing. It'd be world changing. And most of these guys that I have that conversation with, you know what they end up usually doing? Nothing. Nothing. You want to know why? To me, it's real easy. Because it was just a vision. It was just a dream. It was just a good idea. It wasn't based on revelation that they got from Jesus Christ, the Lord of Lords, the Creator. It happened to be just a good idea, not a God idea. 
And you know what happens when you have a good idea and try to move it forward? You're stuck with it. You're stuck with your good idea that's not working. You know what you have when you have a God idea? You, you have a Savior that not only has come alongside you, He's gone before you to make a way. He's gone before you and worked out everything for good. We just have to be sensitive to his direction and his voice and what he's expressing to us. Isaiah 55, verse 8 and 9. And this is a very popular couple verses. For my thoughts or not your thoughts. And man, if we could get these two verses, our, our lives would be radically changed. For my thoughts or not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. <clears throat> Man, if we could really live our lives with an expectation that his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. <clears throat> Man, what a life that would be. And sometimes, usually more than sometimes, God's voice, God's expression to us, God's direction, sometimes it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. You know, I, always, I haven't always been a pastor. <clears throat> For the first 15 years of my career, I had a corporate job. I worked at Anheuser-Busch. And <clears throat> it was a great, back then, it was a, it was a great job. And I don't, I, I don't give this example to, like, say anything about myself, but it's the power of God. And the people that know me are still surprised at the power of God in my life. But when I was at the brewery, I had a, I had a great job. It was a great place to work with, with great people. I got to do crazy, fun stuff. I was always in marketing and branding, so we got to do, like, like awesome stuff. Like, you know, I'm a baseball fan. I'm a sports fan. So most of those years, like, I would know mo most of the St. Louis Cardinals. I would know professional race car drivers, professional golfers. Uh, it could be actors, politicians. That, that's the world that we, that we lived in. Who wouldn't want to be a part of that? I mean, like, this is crazy when I think about it. Like, at the group I worked in, on our Christmas parties, like, you know, you'd have a Christmas party, you have your office Christmas party, our, and then you'd have, like, maybe somebody, like, playing the guitar or playing the piano. Our office Christmas party, like, the guy singing, and I, I won't even remember all these people, like, the guy singing, here's who we had, like, one year it was Tim McGraw, John Mellencamp, 
sting. It was all these like crazy people. It was a great place. And I loved it. And then I'm going to fast forward about eight to ten years of a story of how this unfolded. But then one day, I had to make the decision. Am I going to leave all that and be a pastor at a church? And you do what any smart person would do. You start making a list of pros and cons. And you make the list of all the pros for for staying at the brewery and the pros, your list of go to a church. Number one, you know, God told me to. And then number two, uh, there's like a list of cons, like not really sure I want to work at a church, not really sure my personality is going to work out in a church, not really sure about the financial situation. Definitely don't want to be a pastor. All these things. And then at some point, you got all these cons for why not to do it. And over on the pro side, you got one. You got one. And it says, I wish it said, God told me to. But my actual list, it was a list in my brain, it wasn't, but, but my actual list would probably say in capital letters, I think God told me to. And here's the process that I went over for years, which it was years, but people would always say, man, man, this is awesome. You just walked in one day, quit your job, and became a pastor. Yeah, it was awesome. It actually took me about eight years to figure that out. But here's the conversation I would always have with God. I'd be like, God, yeah, yeah I can, I can kind of hear you, but you know me. I don't really like change. I like security. I like comfort. People are chuckling, laughing at me, I know. And you know me, like, I'm not making a decision for one person. I'm making a decision for five people. So there's a lot of pressure there. So like... And you know why I think through everything. So you're going to have to like beat me over the head with a hammer and show me like without question that this is the thing to do. This really was my conversations with God. And if finally, and this is actually unfortunately I guess how God usually speaks to me or gets me to listen. It finally came to like put up or shut up. And the scripture I always read is, and I think I've maybe mentioned this before, Peter getting out of the boat. It was, this was my moment. You're going to get out of the boat or not get out of the boat? And as I'm talking to God about this over the course of probably months, years, 
God finally got to the point where he said, Mike, here's the deal. I have showed you everything I could possibly show you in every way, in every season, in every context that I could ever tell you. I have done, I've, sent, I've spoken through people, I've spoken through my word, I've spoken through situations. I'm kind of done. Now, God's never done, but that's the way I heard it. But basically what he said is, now you need to make a decision. Are you going to listen to me or are you going to listen to the voice of everybody else? And that's the point where we have to be with God and his voice all the time. That happened to be a really, really, really monumental decision in my life. And it was the greatest decision I ever made. You can look back at my decision and you could say a bunch of things that went wrong. And I'd still say it's the greatest decision I ever made. And that's going to be the same for every decision that we ever make when we're basing it on God's voice. Because when God speaks, things happen. And we need God's voice. You need God's voice. I'll prove it to you. How many times in your life have you said, I just don't know what to do? Well, no kidding. No kidding. But he does. When God speaks, things happen. The Bible says that no word will return void. What are we doing in our own lives on an everyday basis to put us ourselves in a position of expectation and a position where God can speak to us? And I know some are thinking, well, God just doesn't speak to me. Well, you know what you need to do? You need to do whatever it takes. And you know whatever, you know what whatever it takes means? It means whatever it takes. You need to do whatever it takes to put yourself in a position to hear God's voice. When God speaks, nothing remains the same. So the real question, Pastor Guy, you can come up. The real question for our lives is what happens? What happens when God speaks to you? What happens? Hopefully today, I've hopefully convinced you of a couple things. One, that God is always speaking to you. And two, that God's voice is vitally, vitally important to your life. And again, remember, I'm not talking necessarily about the audible voice. I'm talking about the things that he is expressing to you in a myriad of ways. In John 6, 
In 63, it says, it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit, and they are life. What is God telling you to do? Let's stand as we worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords. So the question of is God's voice important to your life? Is God's voice important to your life? Is God's voice important to your life? Is it usable? Does it help you? The answer to that question, only you can answer. Only you can answer. And we have to be always in a place of expectation. Coming to church. Don't ever come to church just to come to church. Come to church with a holy expectation that God is going to speak to you.